told you off. I get it. She has flips and stuff. We may be Stop, stop, stop. If we say that, they won't keep listening. Morons of the Mothers. We gotta go, you gotta go full Luis and co in the van as they pull up to all the cops at Cassie's house. Just And we're backing up. And we're backing up. Yeah, pump the brakes a little bit. Pumping the brakes and we're backing up. And I'm gonna back us on up. Into the show. Mike McGarry, how are you doing today, pal? I am doing fucking wonderful. How are you, buddy? I'm excellent. My name is Derek Weber, here with the aforementioned Mike McGarry. That's me. And those of you that know us, or those of you that don't, we are the Morons of the Multiverse. Morons of the Multiverse. Morons of the Multiverse. Verse, verse, verse. All right, Derek, we got a freaking burner today, don't we? We do, man. We teed it up before, and we like to deliver on the goods when we tee something up like this. We're doing our tribute to the music of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And are we going to call this part two? Part two. Ooh. I mean, I think it's kind of just its own. It's, it's, it's the tribute to the Guardians. Yes, this one's the tribute to the Guardians. If you don't remember from before, we did a full-on tribute to the music. And uh, this will be the Guardians version, which is probably more the gold standard, huh? I would definitely think so, the gold standard. I mean, it might be the gold standard of cinema in this category. I don't think that's hyperbole, my friend. Oof. I do want to take a quick moment to just uh, do like a three-minute to five-minute. We're going to try to keep this brief. Shout out to Peacemaker real quick. So just quick shout outs to Peacemaker while we're in this zone. Finale just wrapped. I mean, granted, sorry, audience, by the time you listen to this, Peacemaker will be about six weeks having finished or so or longer. But we're going to do it anyway because we. I just want to gush. Due to some technical difficulty, there is a small chunk of dialogue missing from this recording. That dialogue features Mike and I just incoherently rambling about how much we love sweet, sweet eagerly and what a perfect angel he is. Also, we realize this is indeed about six to eight months after Pacemaker, not six to eight weeks. We love you, and thanks for your patience. Yeah, he almost makes me feel like there's something left in this world. I was fully ready to just turn the show off if he was dead in that moment in the penultimate. Yeah. yeah, I was no. like... That would have made me very angry. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I I have trust in James Gunn that he knows better than to kill off this magnificent being. But even that level of peril was, like, really uh, alarming for me. Yeah, no, I, I thought we had lost our best friend. Yeah. I, I've pitched in the last uh, week here that we got an Eagly-centric entire series. So, you know... Your game, uh, James Gunn. Your game, indeed. Animated series where Eagle is just like in his day-to-day life while Chris is busy doing his other things. But I also want Vin Diesel to voice him. So while he's in his head, and that's the only time you get dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why do you want Vin Diesel to voice him? I feel like it would be fitting. (laughs) I don't really have much of an uh... (laughs) eye. 
But he has more than three words in his vocabulary, unlike our beloved pal Groot. Like, can can Vin deliver on more than three different words? If he's an eagle, yeah. Mm. And especially an eagle that's grown up around Beastmaker. <laughs> <laughs> How many words do you think he's heard? Not a whole lot of good ones. Not a lot of good ones, man. Not a lot of good ones. <laughs> that's certainly in his fragile eagle life oh he's beautiful when he dropped the helmet i just about cried i was like what a perfect angle yeah i mean him getting hurt a bit definitely was worth it to give us the second hug yeah i was very appreciative that we got a bonus hug in the deal oh yeah and some spectatorship you know he actually they, they saw it yeah that was a big moment for him and adebayo it was beautiful that was really lovely adebayo got to see it like all right yeah. no he really hugged that fucking eagle fuck yeah he did yeah but uh, I just wanted to shout that out. There was some great music. I love that we got to see the theme song in the big final combat scene there. You know, like that was cool. I did not expect him to actually use the song in an episode at any point. Here's this. Do about, you really want to taste it? Yeah. How about the fact that James Gunn reminded us that the '80s had a fucking ton of hair metal hits? Like you can't even just go and say like, oh well, it's just perfect for the show because all those songs freaking rip, man. Like, they're so corny, but in, like, the perfect way. They set the tone so fucking well for Peacemaker, the character. For the life he lives, the things, the lifestyle he's built toward everything he idolizes, everything that he fetishizes in a way, you know? Yeah, and deep down inside, what you find by listening to the music, as well as just knowing his character as you, you know, progress through the series, is that... Deep down, he's just a sad emo boy that grew up in the wrong generation. Oh, man. That is a funny point. Yeah, imagine he's born like 10 years later, the weird kid he becomes. Big time, like sunny day real estate vibes. Big time. Big sad boy. (coughs) Big sad boy. Again, thank you, James. That was fantastic. That has yeah. got turn, to be one of my favorite You turned shows. a bunch of side jokes about a dyed beard into one of the most emotional moments I've seen in a superhero show in a very long time. Yeah, and it, you, pull, you, you pulled it off in perfect fashion. I mean, it was... Yeah, it got me teary. Mm. Chef's kiss. Yeah. Everything you're doing over there, James Gunn. Shout out you taking over the entire DCEU. Yeah. Just like full on Feige style. Just like even if you're not directing all the projects, you you call the shots. Just like this is what's getting made. I want to see it. The Gunverse. Not gonna happen. Well, it pro- it might happen. It needs to happen. Or even his own like just let him keep doing his own corner. Like he's gonna do Peacemaker season two. Yeah, he keeps making. He's made a few jokes now about having an additional spinoff out of that series idea coming. Uh, so perhaps we'll get an additional spinoff from the Suicide Squad, or just Suicide Squad. This does tell us a little bit about James Gunn in the sense that, like, he is great with oddball characters. I mean, honestly. Loves, and he loves them. Oh, absolutely. Well, and he loves them. You can tell. Like He loves pulling perfect. these out. He it, dives deep for these weird gems. Yeah, you get first Guardians. Like, people look at the Guardians as being, like, a household name now, but... Nobody that you knew knew who the Guardians were, unless they're a deep, deep comic nerd. That's a big fact. So, huge shout-out, James Gunn. And now that we've paid tribute to your more recent work, let's turn back the clock a bit to the pair of Guardians movies and the phenomenal music they displayed. 
and really the start of James Gunn just taking over, you know, cinema in a very different way, um, in a way that seems to be kind of less on the surface for people. Like, I don't think people really realize that he's influenced a lot of other movies with this, like the way that songs are used now. And they're not just some yeah. track behind a fast, you know, speed chase or it's, you know, your typical string quartet when there's a sad moment. Yeah, I mean, this had happened in scale before James Gunn came along, but he's definitely taken it in a different and just delightful direction. His, his play with music and his storytelling with music is so awesome, and that's why we had to break it off from the rest of the Marvel canon, because there's a ton of great Marvel music outside of the Guardians franchise. But if we were to trust Raidem overall, too many of the top ten were going to come from this pair of movies alone. So this pair of movies deserves the separation that we gave it. It's a nice pair. It's a, oh, it's a lovely pair. And everyone that shit talks Guardians Volume 2, I don't understand. I don't like, I don't, what's not to love about this movie? I don't understand what you're down on about this. Is it because it makes you cry? Yeah, are you just sad? It's okay to be sad. Yeah. It's that, okay. Yeah, I'll give you a hug. That movie we can hug each other. I'll movie. be crying too. It's fine. We'll have a good time. It'll be a nice hug. We'll have a good hug. Big hugs. Hey, somebody gave me a hug coupon Ooh. at the uh, store the other day. Ooh, it's just like a stranger? Old lady, yeah. Ooh. Oh, old lady? It's yeah. tight. Well, I was with the kids, so, you know, there's that. Oh, yeah, but they right. gave, yeah, gave me one, one to Kelly. Hmm. And I, like, totally forgot, like, a full-on missed opportunity to give some, like, old lady a hug in public. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet old ladies just out here yeah. looking for hugs. I'm I'm here for it, by the way. Yeah, love a hug. Yeah, it's good stuff. We all need to do that more. We sure do, baby. We sure do. It's kind of crazy if somebody just came up to you in the store and they're just like, yo, you want a hug? You know what I want to do to someone eventually? Just like walk it out, walk up to someone and just be like, hug it out, bitch. And just like, I'd have to, it'd have to be a man. I'm not going to do that to a woman. I'm only going to do that. No, like, I'm not no. going to call a woman, a stranger woman, a bitch in public. <laughs> but I would do that to a man. Because I think if I like if I pick my target well, I think I'm gonna get the hug. If I just walk up to the right guy and I'm just like, hug it out, bitch. Yeah. I think it happens. No, I think it happens too. Uh, so uh, side plug here, uh, bighugs.com. You can pay us money. We'll go and hug people in public for you for a donation. I'm pretty confident we don't own that domain name. <laughs> just for the record, folks. Like uh, we don't. If there's a pay link. It's not actually coming to us, so don't send them money. I mean, maybe send them money. I don't know. That's up to you. Live your life. It's but just know it's not coming to us. It's not going to Derek. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, kudos to you, man. That's a, that's a nice domain. I'm safe in the fund. Ah. All right. That's well, what happened here. Hey, it's a big day, man. I'm going for capitalism. <laughs> hey. Hey. Chase that dollar. Make it holla. Well, I'll tell you what. Since you sniped me on the bighugs.com domain name, I'm going to go first. And our little uh, ranking here. We're starting at 10. We're cranking down to 1. And the same way we did it with our tribute to the music. <clears throat> excuse me. The same way we did it with our tribute to the music. We're each going to name our 10. And uh, if, for example, I have a song ranked lower in my top 10 than Mike, we'll hold off talking about it in detail till we get to where Mike has it on the list. And vice versa. So, Derek. See. Let you go ahead and go. All right. Well, my number 10 
Mike actually snuck it into the uh, the uh, non-Guardians episode because it is technically not in a Guardians film. I'm actually putting it in my top 10 Guardians list at number 10, Rubber Band Man by the Spinners. Love this moment. Honestly, you could plug and play that scene into either of the Guardians films and it would feel of the same voice of James Gunn. And I really respect how they played that. Uh, the Russos as a, as a tandem paid a, an homage to Gunn that felt like it could just fit into one of his films. If you just copy and pasted that scene into either of the Guardians films, you wouldn't uh, be able to tell it wasn't filmed by James Gunn. Yeah, kind of, uh, it's almost like a pseudo-Guardians Volume 3 or 2.5. Like, it yeah. starts out that way. It definitely feels that way in that moment. Yeah. Um, funny enough, most of the scenes with the Guardians tend to start to kind of feel that little vibe, but with that song in the background, that that was another one that I wanted to sneak on this list, but I already got sneaky with it on the other list, so I didn't. <laughs> I like that you were just fully ready to put it on both lists, though. Just like, it's fine. I was just checking to make sure I didn't, too. So mm. I was like, I've had a tendency not to look at my list today. It's been a thing. Hey, that's fine. You know, we're we're coming off the cuff here. We're fresh. Oh, yeah. Just throwing A-makers. I gotta be fresh. But that's my number 10, The Spinners. That scene's hilarious. Wipers! Wipers! I mean, the whole bit is delightful stuff. Uh, love that introduction of the core Guardians into that Avengers Infinity War moment. Uh, uh, the way they transition them into this other group that we know, but they don't, is a really nice transition for them. And it's just fun to watch them play like Partridge Family. Like, that's basically what you're getting there. It's such a... It's almost cheesy, but it's great because they're all... Oh, it's definitely fun. cheesy, but it's it's wonderfully cheesy. Yeah, but it's not like Steve Rogers, the musical cheesy, but I digress. Well, yeah, no, it's the good kind of cheesy, not the <laughs> bad, intentionally bad type of cheesy. Dude, Anyways, I could do this all day! You can do this all day. My number 10. And I swore I would never sing that song on here again. <laughs> but you provoked me, sir. You stir the pot don't, and... Don't blame this on me. I, I blend this on the catchiness of the song. Speaking of catchy songs, Ooh. from Remember the Titans, Ain't No Mountain. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Oh, great moment, though. Love yeah, the hay. Great moment. Ah. Bill really, uh, you ah. know, unboxing that gift for ah. Mommy. Shout out young Donald Faison in that movie, bringing some heaters. Good stuff. Go. Um, just, I don't really know why I wanted to shout out Donald Faison specifically. But I love Donald Faison, that's why. I want to say that that's what threw me off, but it wasn't. Yeah, I want Donald Faison in the MCU eventually. Like, not as like a heroic character. I just think he's a funny and good actor. I just want to see you him. You just need him there. Yeah, he'd be a great League member in some film. I agree. It'd be awesome. I concur. Oh, you know what well, you know would be cool? Donald Faison is like uh, Miles Morales' dad. Hmm. That'd be an interesting one. I mean, I think he's got more range than we typically see him in. I, th I think he could do it. You would know these things better than I do. I, I always, like, overvalue, like, really bad actors. I certainly have that in me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's in there. But, like, I I feel like Faison would really, like, he loves the shit out of this material, too. Like, he yeah. loves the Marvel Universe and stuff. So I think he'd be, like, really dedicated to, like, doing it justice and doing it well. You and know, it, they could always Uncle Ben him. Well, yeah, I mean, he's going to get Uncle Ben. It's definitely, like, I'm definitely killing Donald Faison off here by casting him as such. But And they very well might do the same thing they did with Uncle Ben in the MCU where they did it off camera. But I think you're going to get a Miles' father death on camera, whereas we got Uncle Ben off camera. That's fair. 
personally. What if what if Marvel took the next route on this, <laughs> where they start de-aging actors? <laughs> no. So they bring in like really old actors, and they're like, "We're gonna prolong your career. You're not gonna believe what we're gonna do." <laughs> so we're actually going to slow down the aging process. <laughs> I I hope that doesn't occur, sir. And then they're gonna Luke Skywalker and CGI their voice, so they're voiceovering themselves. Oof. Yeah, let's uh let's keep hiring younger actors. It's okay to pass the mantle down to a new generation. We don't have to keep watching Liam Neeson make action movies. Like we don't have to do this, ladies and gentlemen. Like as but, a society, but, we just we keep choosing to, but we don't have to. But what if we could de-age him? We could fix him. We could make him better. No. <laughs> I'm I'm so done with Liam Neeson specifically. I guess there's a lot of these actors that are like Bruce Willis. Your time is over. Also, dude, like, just be the dad or grandpa finally. Yeah, but we need like. But on the other end, you've got like Nicolas Cage, who's kind of hitting his prime right now. Oh, he's in a weird new prime for sure. Like this is a, this is an era of Nicolas Cage's career where it's just like he's just saying fuck it. Uh, no, I figured it out. He just quit speaking in movies. Mm. Like, all of his movies, he doesn't have lines. Brilliant. <laughs> I was like, this is a bold move. Yeah, big, bold move. <laughs> but, you know, he, he's a facial reactions guy. Like, he'll give you a lot up here. Could you imagine him as, like, Odin? He's just standing there and just <laughs> doesn't speak. You oh. hear him speaking through his eyes. Nicholas Cage <laughs> staring you down. Just mean mugging me. Yeah, it'd be not scary, but ain't no mountain. I love that moment. Um, it was a, it's a weird song there, um, in the sense that it's such an uplifting, you know, high up song. And I, I get that, you know, he's finally unboxing this gift. It's another mixtape. He's, you know, obviously over the moon of that, but like, it's just kind of a really different like tone between the lyrics and that moment. Um, and I found a lot of times, like, Gun will use lyrics to actually work within the moment, too. Big time. Um, and in this one, it doesn't really, but um, it resonates. Like, the tune to it, that uplifting beat, really kind of brings that moment from something that is really just somber. Um, to It's much like Taika. You know, they take those really sad moments and find a way to keep them somewhere in the normality. Like, there isn't too much deprivation. So it's just one of the things that I love about James Gunn. He's so good at setting up those moments. He makes these sad moments where you are still crying. It doesn't matter. That Dude, that shit gets me every time. But you can find a little levity there. Like, it's not all down. Big time. Beautiful. Beautiful. Number nine, my friend. Number nine. Fooled around and fell in love. I uh, have this quite a bit higher. Alrighty, we'll move along to your number nine then, sir. My number nine is the dance-off. Ooh, I have this higher. Okay. On to my number eight, Southern Nights by Glenn Campbell. That is a good one. That is a really good one. So this song is the song playing in the background as... Rocket just annihilates a bunch of Ravagers. It's 
awesome. While he's just up in the tree, setting up, humming along gently, he, but it's really the recording of him humming along, sitting in the ship to lure everyone to a spot while he's up in the tree, setting off these weird landmine things that, like, explode people and then, like, pull them back down, and he's just kind of launching guys back and forth in two different piles, you're and you're getting a bunch mind. of zoom-ins, into including a couple of the AFI guys, which, like, good for them for just, like, willing their way into the uh, movies because I just love them so much and had a friend who had a friend who was able to get him a background part in The Guardians. That's real? Yeah, that's real. Like, two of the... Uh, I might have the wrong band. It's... No, because that's who it seemed to look like. I, but I, I thought like I, right. I, I thought I was right about this. It's like two of those Ravagers that have no lines, but we see like in that exploding montage and laughing in the circle. Weird. At uh, baby Groot being tortured. Fucking monsters. Sons of bitches. And we see him get killed, which is great. Like you know, anyone who laughed at baby Groot deserved to get slaughtered in that in the moment I have coming up on my list later. But this Glenn Campbell scene, Southern Nights, the song's just a bop. It's delightful. It's it's so the antithesis of what's happening on the screen. I love that dichotomy and the way that James plays with that as we keep talking about. But it's it's so great to have this like. Just bop your head along, feel good tune as something really physically violent is happening to a bunch of people. Especially because, yeah, I mean, playful rock, violence. Yeah, that's Rocket isn't a, you know, he's not a playful dude. He's a pretty serious brute. Pretty serious brute. Well, to he's be fair, he's play. Yeah, he's playful with his brutality. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, yeah, he has a lot of fun. Way backwards there. Yeah, he has a ton of fun doing all the things they do. Yeah, that's true. Like, good for him. Way to find the joy in your day-to-day work life, you know? Like, I honestly respect that. He's kind of got that vendetta, though, you know? Oh, there's certainly the whole vendetta, for sure, yeah. Humans really did him a number. Oof, they really did. How did you do that to a raccoon? Yeah. I'm excited that I think we're going to explore a lot of that in the Third Guardians. I think so, too. I think, that, I think that's something that we're going to get to, for sure. Yep. Well, I mean, naturally, we've kind of really gone through everybody else's stuff. Yeah. He's unpacked all of those bags already, and Rocket remains just a mystery, really, other than what the little breadcrumbs that we have, or if you know the comics. And that's what if it. it just becomes super Drax-centric, and we just get to, like, <laughs> we just get, like, a serious Drax storyline out of nowhere? Well, that, and then you, like, find out, like, the, uh, you know, origins of his invisibility that, like, <laughs> we just didn't know about, but, like, Drax knew. Yeah. Drax knew Very... all along. No one else could figure it out. No. No, 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 no. No, he's not eating his arc, not right next to him. But yeah, that's my numero ocho. Love Southern Nights by Glenn Campbell. Great scene, great song. Finally, we get to Fooled Around and Fell in Love. This is where I have it at uh, my number seven. Ooh, all right. Um, obviously, you took it too, which is why we you know, both know that it is a beautiful song, right? Um but it's, it's a funny song. It is very funny. But it's the a music funny is song. So, like, oh, the music's beautiful. It's one of those songs where like I can really tune out the actual lyrics to the song. Um, yeah, the lyrics <laughs> fucked, man. Really fucked. Yeah. Guy's just like a turd ball that's finally like, oh, but I love you finally, though. Yeah, no, I've called my callback girl. Like, <laughs> it's such a fun play on like the first you know meetings of Gamora and uh Peter um the way it works with the story so yeah and it works as his character 100% 
that's what he's doing when, you know, we're introduced with him. He gets back on his ship and there's just some random <laughs> chick on there. He's like, oh, I, I, I forgot you were here. there for a moment. Like, yeah, that that's always going to work over well. But that, that kind of plays into it. And that's where I was going with, with, you know, James Gunn being able to relate, like, lyrics and, like, the way that he actually weaves in that fabric. That's, this is a perfect example of that. And then plus... I have a big, like, I don't know, it just gets me all warm inside seeing Peter and Gamora with each other. I don't know what it is. They're a top-tier Marvel couple. But they're a big couple for me, for sure. They're a top-tier couple in this universe, no question for me, uh, in terms of couples that you really root for. And uh, they are a huge one for me as well. And that scene is lovely for all the reasons you just said. And it sets the tone well, and it works with the story tremendously. It really narrates what Peter Quill's been up to in his life, and her view on him already. Yeah. And it's just a cool song. You can ignore the lyrics. You want to go listen to it, and uh, finally actually listen to those lyrics. Go and do yourself a favor and do it. Very creepy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a, it's just a playboy of that era. Yeah. But still. Still creepy. It's weird. Yeah. You're... All right, that's good. I'm up. Number seven? Is that where we're at? You're at number seven, my friend. Cool. So my number seven is Brandy by Looking Glass. Good choice. Don't have it higher? Um, No, I don't. All righty. Pass, I mean, it, it might be my favorite song, just like just out of all the songs in either of the movies, but it's number seven on my list in terms of its use here. But... It's used so well in this story. It's used as the as obviously Ego's metaphor to Peter. He weaves the literal song lyrics into the movie so nicely. The song is just a beautiful treat. The, the gentle horns, the story it tells, the mood set by it. Really wonderful song by Looking Glass. It's one of Earth's greatest songs. <laughs> one of Earth's greatest. Yeah, uh... I, I delight with the use of it in the movie. It's a great pull. It's a song that feels good when you hear it. Yeah, and it really sticks with you, the whole movie. They do slow that down, correct? Yeah, they do the... End, yeah. Yep. As he's, like, crushing the players, the song that's... That's always a really fun... What a good watch! Yep, that's always a really fun thing that they do in these movies, too. Not that they're the only ones that do it, but you see it a little bit more these days, too, where... Take that song and slow it on down, yeah. and it adds kind of an opposite effect, but it yeah. still clicks in your head. You, yeah. You're equating that. Your neurons are firing and connecting. Tempo messaroundery. Yeah, tempo messaroundery. There's definitely a word for that. I'm I believe that's the official term. I'm, like, pretty head. confident. I'm, like, up 99% sure that that is the proper musical term. No, I don't think you're wrong. No, you're yeah. right, for sure. Tempo messaroundery. I'm going to write that one down, actually. Yeah, so yeah take can... notes for self for the future. Mm. Tempo yeah, messaroundery. Yeah. Tempo messaroundery. So that's you my number really seven. Fast, it does sound technical. Yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely it can make it sound like a technical term if you just would really say it with authority. Well, that leads me to my next one. That would be <clears throat> Redbone, Come and Get Your Love. Oh, I've got this one higher. All right, that's fair. On to you. My number six, you had this one a bit lower. Ooh, child, by the five stair steps, the dance-off to save the universe as Peter Quill challenges Ronan the Accuser to a dance-off for an Infinity Stone. 
to distract him while Rocket assembles his giant blaster and shoots him to shit. Such a such a great moment. Plays so nicely off of the way we meet Peter, adult Peter, at the beginning with him dancing around to the aforementioned "Come and Get Your Love" that we'll get to in a bit. It's a great follow up to that. Like it plays off of that beginning meeting nicely with this lunatic being like, "Dance off, bro." Uh, it's it's the first time that I saw something that was so ridiculous and then so genius at the same moment. Where I'm like, nobody would. Wait a second. Maybe this dude would. Yeah. We're coming directly out of their friend group sacrificing himself for them to fall to safety as well. So we come out of, like, the most climactic, dramatic moment of the film, probably, directly into Dance Off, bro. Directly into Blast the Villain to Hell. Directly into then the most uh, climactic moment as they all share hands to uh, wield the power of the stone. And blast him one last time. Yes. Which Great sequence. And perfect. to have that little song, Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Just like dropped in in the middle of all that drama. That's the second time I've given a chef's kiss tonight, but I'm feeling it. Well, I, and on a night like this, when we're talking about a subject like this, you're bound to get a lot of those. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I like the chef's kiss. It's like a reaction... To something you really like. It's a good... It's nice. Yeah. It, no, it's, it's better than, like, thumbs-upping at somebody. Like, any more, like, the thumbs-up kind of thing is kind of weird. I do it a lot. Oh, I'm a thumbs-up guy, too. But yeah. I, I feel the same way about it, but I am a thumbs-up guy for sure. Yeah, me too. Um, but I definitely feel like it's not as universally, like, seen as a positive thing anymore. And I also find myself, like, when I'm driving, you know, next to somebody and they make me angry or something, I do this, like, really big thumbs up at them, like, real enthusiastic. I've got this regular that plays D&D at my bar every week. That's, we have this D&D net group that comes into my bar every Wednesday night. It's awesome. They have they take this, like, ten people and they play in our private back room area. And this guy just, like, walks by and gives me, like, the little one-two finger guns. Oh. I love it. Those are special. Those are special. Those that's feel good. The, Does it with a nice smile. Just a super friendly guy. It's one of my favorite people that comes in. Just gives me the... Could you imagine, though, like being like hostile with the finger pistols? You look like an idiot. Oh, yeah, dude. Bam, bam. Yeah. No, you know who looks really badass in movies doing that hostily, though? A lot of people, weirdly enough. Like, in real life, I would never take yeah, that in a threatening way. Yeah, that's true. Like a cowboy but like, you definitely see, like... like Old-timey gangsters and yeah. cowboys and stuff like... With 10-gallon hats. Oh, yeah. Big big hats, for sure. Man. Large headwear. Yeah. Big hats, big hearts. Uh, that's my number six, though, baby. Ooh, child. All right. And I'm going to change it up a little bit. Um, I'm going with Mr. Blue Sky by ELO. That is going I've to... got it a little higher. Oh, piss. Man, your bottom end is a lot of my top end is coming out. Good. Interesting. You're wrong. Ooh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, make sure to let us know in the socials who's wrong, who's right, or if we're both wrong, which is always a possibility, because it's the internet, and it's a wild wasteland. Of course, we're probably both wrong. You're likely both wrong, but there's no wrong or right in life. So we're into the top five, sir. Yeah, we get there quick with the way these things roll. We are in the top five, and I am pumped. I'm ready. I'm fucking juiced. Fleetwood Mac, The Chain. I yep, get. You're not going. I on get. This one. I'm not going. All right. Nope. That nope, makes sense. I got it further down. Right on, baby. Hit me with your five. Come a little bit closer, Jay and the Americans. I've got it higher. 
top four. Here we go. The final four, if we're listening to this around March Madness time. who know, I don't know when this will be released, but if it's hypothetically around that, hashtag final four. See if anyone listens to this on accident instead of final four coverage. But hashtag final four. Uh, this is where I have Mr. Blue Sky. All right. I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't dispute that. Uh, this, this, I actually have the, uh, the two movie openers as my next two here, just to tease my next one ahead, but, uh, number four, Mr. Blue Sky, this Guardians 2 opener is one of the most jolly songs ever written. It just, it's so feel good, it's so delightful and whimsical, all while they're battling this just absurd space monster that's also super glittery and bright colored though so like the screen is like a bunch of bright and beautiful and fantastic colors and um i'm not going to confirm nor deny having to perhaps indulged in some type of weird fungus (laughs) that may or may not have made my visuals of that movie even more spectacular the second time i went to the theater to see it and uh the way that that movie starts you just know you're in for a wild and crazy night when those colors are popping and that song's playing and there's this like weird dragon or this weird like giant beast in the background, but you're mostly watching a t- tiny little stick dance around and be cute, and he's so cute, and you're like, how is this tiny stick so cute? Because family. Because family <laughs> is the correct answer, sir. But oof, what a wild ride that was. Shit. I- I didn't have quite the experience. Maybe that's why I had it so much further at five. Um, <laughs> that great distance. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, whimsical is a great word for it. I love listening to this song, and I, I love really sad music typically. This is the opposite of that. It's just such an upbeat, uplifting, like fun, bouncy, you know, really fun, poppy, you know, what, 70s song, I think, somewhere right Late around Late 70s. There. Yeah. It's fantastic. I can remember my dad playing a lot of ELO when we were kids, and like that was always one that I really liked. Yeah. It uh, it, it's awesome. And uh, also, shout out the group Voice Play. If yeah. you want to hear a cool a cappella rendition of the song, they do a really nice job with their a cappella rendition. They're very talented in general, if you ever like a good a cappella group. That was my number four. You. Hit me with your number four. I think we already... Oh, now you're forcing my hand. All right. Father and Son, Cat Stevens. Whew, I uh, have it higher. Fair enough. What am I going to do with you, Derek? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, uh, my top three are all ones you've mentioned from here on out, so I'm curious what your top three are at this point. That hmm. uh, leaves one to wonder, one to speculate. Uh, my number three, ladies and gentlemen, Redbone, Come and Get Your Love. I teed you up before when I told you I was going back-to-back intro songs, and... Uh, Getting to meet Peter Quill this way, and uh, especially it's it's made even just a little tip of the iceberg nicer with the end game callback to it as they just like roll up on him and you're only seeing him listen to it and it's not the main song behind you. And he just it's so funny. So he's an idiot, and and she's just like yeah. Uh, But back to its origins, Guardians one. It's so fun. He's kicking the weird little things that are trying to bite his ankles. He's jumping over weird colored lava on this cool-looking planet. Like, this was the most fun. The first Guardians was the most fun I've had with space exploration in a film or television project in so long. 
it was such a refreshing take on like seeing new planets in a cool visual way. Yeah. It, it gets to be a lot more fun when they spend more time on them. Um, Xandar was cool. Just in the fact that Xandar is like a, it's almost like a human population, I guess more so. Uh, but Morag is great because it's just the opposite of everything that looks good. It looks scary. It looks destitute. Uh, but that whole first scene with that song being in the background, you almost get like a glimmer of like, oh, maybe this could be okay. Like, it just seems like he's having so much fun. Um, probably isn't very fun, but that's the whole thing with Quill is there's so much light in his dark. Like, he's in a spot where he shouldn't be. Uh, he's a Ravager, which he probably shouldn't have ended up needing to be to begin with. Um, and he's stealing something that he has no idea what the hell it is. Although, to be fair, we see in What If that if he doesn't get abducted and uh, T'Challa does get abducted, that he winds up just, like, working at that Dairy Queen. So his life turns out a lot cooler by getting abducted, if know, that What goes, If is to be believed. Yeah, he goes through some stuff, man. He does. Maybe, I mean, working at that Dairy Queen might not be the worst thing in the world. You know you get that routine. Yeah, but you don't get to meet Gamora. You don't. I mean, it's likely. What if she rolls through? She sees that cute I mean, Dairy Queen. Ego Queen rolls through at the end of that What If. Yeah. Yeah. So perhaps he winds up space-bound. Maybe. But then he winds up just becoming a battery. Or maybe he just goes along with Ego's ways because he doesn't have a family that he's like like willing to prevent it. So he might just be like, fuck it, let's take over the universe, Pops. Thanks for being my daddy. It's kind of tight, yeah. Let's yeah. make some planets. Yeah, that's like a f- continuation that we might actually see in the What If because we literally – that's where they leave those two characters in, their <laughs> what, in that What If episode. So there's already a multiverse in their canon now in which – Peter Quill winds up earthbound until he's an adult, works at a Dairy Queen, and then Ego shows up and is like, hey, what up, though? What up? And that's the fun part with the infinite realities and the what yeah. if series. What a good time. What if was a lot of fun. It had its flaws. There's, not, there's, there's some of those I don't really want to watch back over and over again, but there's a few of them that I've watched a couple times and I really enjoy. Uh, getting that last little T'Challa voiceover is a really nice treat, too, especially getting it in a couple of the episodes. That definitely was a really nice, unexpected thing after his passing to get that yeah. extra project, having him having voiced it before his passing. Yeah, absolutely. It's big. Big 10. But that's our, I think that covers Redbone, Come and Get Your Love Nicely. This so tell me, do your top three. This is where I have the chain. Ooh, respectable spot, sir. Pontificate away. So. If you don't love me now, you can never love me again. What a song in general. I mean, just one of the bigger, you know, heartbreak songs of all time. The mood is obvious. It's one of those songs that's just, like, tailor-made for this moment. Um, you have Rock, or Rocket and... I can't talk tonight. Rock Quill. Rocket and Quill. Um, you know, Ooh, that'd be a, If they ever became a weird interspecies couple, cool. that'd be, Rock Quill is a pretty dope couple name. I'm not endorsing I mean, them. I'm not endorsing them as a couple. I am. Well, I'm, I am shipping that as a name for them as a duo, though. <laughs> Rockwell. Hashtag Rockwell. Oh boy. So Rockwell um, starts with their feud. Um, they're falling out. They're fighting over leadership. They're not sure how to be friends with people. They kind of look at everybody in this like, what will they do for me? And this is kind of where that tension peaks, you know, where they really are falling out. 
And with that song coming on like that, right in that moment, I mean, you can just see like the, where they slow everybody down. They're walking really slow, probably walking at a very normal pace, but they slow them down. And it's just, it's poetry in motion. It's the combo of the two uses of the song within that stretch of time that makes it so brilliant in its usage. Because that song has such visceral differences depending which spot of the song you're listening to. Mm -hmm. Because it hits you with these big peaks and this big bravado chorus, and then you get that instrumental slow build where it drops back to just... That little bass lick is so iconic. Oh, man. One of my favorite bass yeah. lines. Using time. that line and that whole instrumental section, that you get the soft vocal callback coming through it, and it's just such a beautiful stretch of music. I love that song as well. Love that you have it up at your top three. Yeah, it's it, it could have very well been higher. I just, the other two are so good that, yeah. My numero dos. Jay and the Americans, come a little bit closer. Yeah, this is... This one's more about the scene than the song, but it's definitely about the song as well. Because it's the contrasting style when you contrast the feeling of the song to the ravaged destruction like, uh, we said this about James Gunn while watching Peacemaker to each other in our group chat, and I feel the same way in this scene, as well as a handful of others throughout the Guardians. The way that James Gunn uses these bright, vibrant, delightful songs at his peak moments of violence and carnage mm-hmm. as this, like, weird whimsy and delight to mass death. It's such that's so fun and playful, and it makes it it turn it really affects the comedic style and presentation of his projects in such a wonderful way. It's like Deadpool, you know. You're listening to Nine to Five by Dolly Parton while he, you know, slices people up in a drug cartel. Yeah, I mean it's fantastic. It oh, it's awesome. Really, just kind of makes it pl- more. I mean, it's not. It's, it's it's a lot of violence, but it's playful. Ton of violence, but yeah. Shout, shout out to Dolly. Yeah, yeah. Love yeah, you, girl. Love you, Dolly. That's God, God. Dolly a is a queen, man. Big queen. facts. What a wonderful human indeed. Huge shout out, Sally Parton. That's my number two, man. Jay and the Americans. I actually, that's actually one of the songs I listen to the most frequently as well from this whole list. I just like, I had never heard it before the, that movie came out. And it has made it on its way to several different playlists I've made over the years since. It's a good song. I feel like they do in the movie, too. It's more like a rock opera version of it towards the end, right? Well, they just amplify that right. background vocal a bit, but that's all present in the main version of the track. That, that's just the fine... That's, that's just that, like, the final chorus of the original version of the song is that fully rock opera version. Yeah. And they just amplify that as the big stretch from the movie. But it's, yeah, it is in the main version of the song yeah. as well. It's just towards the end of it. But, yeah, that, sh- that shit pumps. It it's it an adrenaline down. scene for me. Like, that whole Yandu just slaying the shit out of people. Baby Groot gets in the cup, makes a couple kills. Rocket out here making kills left and right. Like, just squad up, Ravager's down. Ye who teased Baby Groot all perish. 
It's fantastic. Yeah, you you fuck with Baby Groot, I'm gonna want to watch you die. Like I'm gonna yeah. get some bloodlust in that moment. Yeah, it's rough. Rough stuff. Mm-hmm. You all deserved it. Number two, I give you "I'm Not in Love" by Ten CC. Ooh. So this is like the intro to Quill's backstory. Basically, you really finally get like a little bit of more of like what's going on in his life, what happened, what led him there. You know. Figuring out, you know, kind of what's going on with uh, his dad and his mom. You know, how he was conceived, where he was conceived, etc. It's a great song. Great placement. I, uh, I'm surprised you have it this high up. For It's the only song that you have towards the top here thus far that I straight up just don't have on my list, which I find interesting. I'm here to explain that. That's fine. I, I mean, there's a bunch of great songs, though. I mean, uh, so it's, it's a great one. I just really love this song. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I gather. You know, I had to get one in on you. Uh, that's that's really, I, I absolutely adore this song. The yeah. song in general, the whole thing, everything about it. I love the key that it's written in. I love everything about this song, which is probably why I have it at number two, and I could add it around like number five or six. Mm. But I can't get it out of my head. Like, it's one of those that I just love hearing all the time. And. Having James Gunn pair it with anything in a movie would be special to me. So that's why I made it to my number two. Dig Purely it, out of selfishness. Dig it, man. Respect it indeed. And, uh, I didn't really have any real... Like, oh, it's okay. I did not, no real reasons needed, man. I'm not saying that it like perfectly matches. It feels like you're number two. That's it. it. It's a great song. It plays two. well. But hey, man, follow your gut, you know? Yeah, every once in a while, I'll give you one of these little, little, yeah. little guys here. Yeah. And believe, that's kind of what you're going to be. Believe in your heart, dude. I do. And that's where I went with this was my heart. Love it. Well, my number one, you mentioned earlier, and is Cat Stevens, Father and Son. Okay. Yandu's Funeral. The, ra- the old school Ravagers rolling up and giving him a proper Ravager funeral. Craglin's Reaction. Baby Groot crawling all over Star-Lord and Gamora's shoulders, hugging up on Drax. Drax telling Mantis she's beautiful on the inside. <laughs> I mean, it's it's all such an emotional beat to end that movie so nicely. Got uh, Rocket making his little analogy right before the song is played and like kind of doing his own half-ass apology. Something like that. It's about as good as you're going to get apology-wise from one Rocket the Raccoon. Yeah, he's not usually like that. He's not a very emotional dude. No. Keeps it all packed down. No, but he uh, he really was trying to like be vulnerable in a moment there with Star-Lord. Yeah, and, dude broke him down. Yeah, big time. That really beat him up pretty yeah. good. God, that ending's so good. Can't understand you volume two haters. Anyway. That song, that in that moment absolutely yeah. I don't know how to watch that movie and not cry at that scene I don't, I don't I, know how to do that like I, last 15 to 20 minutes is <clears throat> I literally don't know through. how to do that that's the only one for me that gets me every time is oh, that time. is that funeral is uh it poof. and that song's such a big reason why yeah I listened to that a lot with my kid when he was you know a baby kind of growing up and stuff like that that's one of those songs that just like I always really love listening to and then like listening to him and singing, you know, listening with him and like singing it to him and stuff like that. That's, it's a really special song. And to pair it with such, such an emotional touching moment and everybody's having one, you know, there's, I mean, big, 
you know, plot payoff at the end of that movie. And it's as sad as it is, but like you said, the ravage or the whole ravager um, funeral thing that hits on so many levels. Craglin's response, I'll be hit crazy and wild is that gets me. It really, really does. It's a big beat. That little moment there, Sean Gunn plays that role so well. And then in that particular moment gives you such a wild, but sincere emotional pop. That's it's such a rewarding moment for his character, followed by him being handed Yandu's arrow at the end which I'm excited to see him wield in Volume 3. Or try to yield. We'll see how that goes. I think by the end he'll be pretty good at it. I actually, I think we're gonna, I'm expecting to see some of the growing pains of him learning to use it. <laughs> or hoping to. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Either way. Well, that's my number one, man. My number one was Sam Cooke, Bring It Home to Me. <sighs> yeah. Talk about... Emotional payoffs. Yeah, Peter. One of Earth's greatest singers. Perhaps it's perhaps it's greatest. The the public, or the public. Wow, pelvic sorcery. You know, Gamora really gives it to him here. Like he thinks he's getting slick, and uh, she ain't having it. And but the, the combination of that song to that scene being such a really beautiful song and like. Again, one of my favorites. It's everything about that song is perfect, but um, like I said, the payoff on that one, where Gamora, you know, basically just again throws her guard right back up. Yeah. Um, that begins to actually kind of help them out, you know, at begin or at the beginning. In no way, really, Gamora takes any of his bait. You know, she just immediately dispels him, and she's protecting herself. You know, she doesn't trust anybody. She doesn't really know anybody. Like, she's got Thanos as a fucking dad who ripped her away from her family. Yeah. And then he tortures his, or her sister. So they don't really have much of a relationship. Yeah. And as we find out when she's put in jail, she's a person who's viewed as villainous in probably most solar systems and planets. Like, yeah. it seems that she's not only known universally... But pretty despised universally. She's an assassin. And she's an assassin for a man that is also universally hated. And almost guilt by association. Because clearly as she gets to that point, she's really starting to be like, I can't do this shit anymore. Like, I don't want to be around this guy. Well, of like, course. He's ruined my life. Yeah, that's a large part of her journey is, uh, that we get to see her on is her abandoning her father's side and the ramifications that has on her life to the point of taking her life. Right, just a total, like, you know, both of them being at that same point where they, they understand what it's like to be, you know, kind of misled, you know, abandoned, etc., have extreme trust issues because nothing around you, you know, goes well. You know, Peter just happened to be abducted. Um, for <laughs> many of reasons, but like she was abducted too, you yep. know, from somebody that was horrible who acted like he loved her and yeah. you can say he loved her, but you know, we all understand the way that Thanos actually, well, loved Thanos Gamora. adopted her after slaughtering her family and half of her people. Right. At random, but nonetheless slaughtering half the people. It doesn't matter. What I mean, like, well, that. I'll raise you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 
Look at the cool blade balancing on my finger. Ooh. Oh, by the way, turn away. I'm about to commit genocide. Yeah, just a bunch of genocide. Oh, don't look back there. Don't even worry about. Don't even worry about what's back there. No, that's good. No, just like look over here. Look at the pretty bunny. No, it's your mouth. Oh, just oh, oh, god, J.K. Gotcha. Imagine she's a big old purple puppy. Gotcha. He's just like Ashton Kutcher on punk, just like a fucking prankster. Ooh, he's just oh that Thanos. He's just in a trucker hat. Loki. He's just like in his trucker hat and like a. He's back on his farming dream. <laughs> Thanos finally turns farmer. He, like, moves to Texas and gets a gun. Well, according to the multiverse theory, there's probably that Thanos out there somewhere. There's at least, like, a multiverse. That's a, there's one. Maybe that's what we need for a what-if episode. Like, just trick out. <laughs> Thanos goes back. He was actually on that uh, Pimp Your Ride show. He was Ooh. one of the dudes, the mechanic, who's standing in the background. I'll do you one better than Pimp My Ride, although that's a really good one. Next. No, he became he he met Knoxville and crew early. It was just like a part of the Jackass crew the whole time. <laughs> my name's Johnny Knoxville, and this is my buddy Thanos. <laughs> Today yeah, we're doing porta potty ski slope. <laughs> yes, this this porta potty ski slope is going to be great. I want half of you to try it immediately <laughs> before me, <laughs> preferably. <laughs> Old Thanos has got jokes. Yeah. Thanos is a part of the Jackass crew is a fanfic I'm behind. If anyone wants to write it, send it my way for my own shits and giggles. I'd like your thoughts on it. I think we're going to get sued for just talking about it. No, it's fine. It's going to be like, we don't really like the way that you talked about Thanos and his big juicy butt. Um, oh, he's he's a thick boy. <laughs> we love, we love, hashtag, we love our thick boys around yeah, here. That's th- the whole hashtag. Th- big long phrase. Yeah, big thick Thanos. Ooh, big. Th- <laughs> I like I like thick boys, and I cannot lie. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, thick boy Thanos booty Thanos. Thanos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, down that whole rabbit hole. Well, that's our top ten, ladies and gentlemen. That's that's how we finish right there. That's the, that's the big finish. I brought it on home. I brought it home nicely, talking about those Thanos cheeks out here. Yes, we had a great time as we uh. usually do with Mister Gun. Yeah, uh, always a lovely ride. Not going to, you know, maybe I'm speaking for myself here, but there may come a time where there may be a alternate reality of this one that might be a Peacemaker music selection, maybe once we get to a season two. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see where the wind takes us. There's a long journey to go on here. We've got a lot of episodes we want to get to, so we can't jump over to DC too early. We've got too many Marvel things on our horizons, my friend. That we do, but... But I, I'm with you. The, the tribute shall come someday. Maybe we'll just do, like, a really challenging list to selves and do just, like, a gun all-timers list. Ooh. We could just do, like, the gun universe as a whole. Let's just hope that that, the that gun-iverse. keeps growing. I just yeah. want to see him keep flourishing here. Same. Same. Here to cheer for all of it. Yeah, oh, he, he and uh, his fiancé got – or now fiancé, they got engaged. No, I didn't see that. Congratulations, yeah, yeah. Mr. Congrats, Gunn. Mr. Gunn, and soon to be Mr. Gunn. Yeah, if you take, yeah. you know, you're an actress, so you probably won't take his name because it's a lot easier to just like maintain your own name in Hollywood. Yeah. It seems, but the name yeah, do whatever you want to do name wise. Like you know, yeah. that's you live your life. We're pumped for you. Yeah, Miss Harcourt. Yeah, and Miss yeah, Harcourt, such a badass. She she kills it. That show. she's great. Super awesome character. Super awesome character. She did a great job in that. I was, I was kind of stunned at first. I wasn't sure if she 
did act or not. Um, to be like, yeah, honest and no offense or anything. I just didn't know she acted. No, nor did I. Uh, well, I think this is like a budding acting career from what I can tell. Yeah, it's awesome. She yeah. was really one of the bright spots of the entire show. Big time. She was super funny and like kind of had that like almost off angle look. Like sometimes she just kind of like seemed like she might want to break through a fourth wall. Yeah, definitely a little bit of that, like, Jim looks at the camera on the office yeah. type thing. Like, yeah. a little little bit of that going on. Like, it was good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was into it. Her character's great. I also, I, uh, read, I read this interview that, uh, that the actor who played um, Economos did, that he was talking about how when he showed up for Suicide Squad to film, James Gunn first and said, he's worked with the actor a couple times before, was like... He'd, he'd had him grow out the beard already and was like, I want you to do a dye job to your beard, but like a really mm-hmm. shitty one that you can tell you've like ignored your roots for a little while afterwards. And he's like, okay, why? He's like, don't worry about it. And just like they didn't – because obviously there wasn't room in Suicide Squad to go over what yeah. we find out throughout Peacemaker about this shitty beard. But he's like, yeah, so for two months while we filmed that movie, I just got to live with a shitty beard for two months straight. And then I cut, then I trimmed it off and then I found out about the series, so I had to grow it out and dye it again and rock this shitty beard for two more months while we filmed the series. And who knew what the ramifications of that would be? Uh, and uh, – he, uh, well, he mentions that in the interview. He's like, when I was reading through the scripts and finally get to that big moment, it just felt like such a great payoff. And I was like, that's incredible. It's an unusually good payoff for something that started off as what seemed like a personal joke. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it, it, you wind up getting emotional depths, not just from Economos while he delivers that little mini monologue, but as we pan to all of our main cast members, as they all hear him telling this story, it all get introspective of their own bullshit in that moment. And it's just this really honest and sincere moment. And then, you know, moments later, Oh, he just dropped a bag down here. Shit. I got to run now. But like that for that brief little window, as the other aliens believe him, as he's just being this brutally honest about himself as a human in the third person. aforementioned technical difficulties once again struck taking down this last little mini chunk of conversation about adorable economos and his amazing role in the peacemaker series thank you so much for listening to another hopefully energizing thrilling engaging and impassioned episode of morons of the multiverse We want to invite you to hit the like and follow subscribe buttons and the five star buttons and all those shenanigans that all us podcasts so-so is asking to press. And we also want to invite you to check out some of the other cool stuff we're doing here at Good Fun Media. This show, of course, drops every Wednesday, as you hopefully well know. Every Thursday, we drop new episodes of After the Laugh Track, our sitcom fandom podcast. And every Friday... New installments of D2B2 Sports, breaking down sports gambling topics and a whole lot of other weird stuff along the way. Thank you all so much, and hopefully you're living your lives the best way that you know how that is possible, that is in your heart of hearts, that you're chasing the dream, that you're fighting the fight. And I'm officially out of cliches, so good night, and have 
a wonderful Thanksgiving. That was my bad gobble.